everybody. I'm Eureka John, and you're at Eureka Street Crypto, broadcasting live from Leander, Texas. It is 5.45 in the morning, and yeah, this is my morning crypto brain dump from all the stuff that I learned in crypto. I've been doing this pretty much every day since October 24th, 2020, and I've learned a lot. Um, nothing I say here is financial advice. This is all just pure entertainment. I wouldn't take my advice if, even if it were. Um, but uh, yeah, and it's not educational material. <laughs> I'm not sitting here just trying to teach lessons. So if you clicked on some thumbnail thinking I was, you were going to get to a a step by step educational video, well, you're in the wrong place, man. So uh, yeah or lady um so and this is definitely not technical analysis uh, i'm not a graph guy um sometimes i'll look at some of those graph videos and uh, but most of them are just like stirring poop with a stick so and trying to see which way the wind blows so but there are some good ones i'm not discounting all of it um so yeah uh let's go over here to coin gecko and see what's up coin gecko is um, a coin listings page where it lists coins it lists the market cap it lists the volume uh lists the value of the coin you can section you can uh, arrange it by you know market cap rank recently added different categories um you can discover coins, large movers, high volumes, derivatives, perpetuals, futures. Uh, you can do. You can arrange them by exchanges or NFTs or yeah. They, there's all different types of crypto reports, newsletters. They have a podcast. I like CoinGecko a lot, as you can say, as you can see. Uh, there's also others: Coin Codex, Coin Paprika, Coin Market Cap, and all that stuff. And like I said, you can get stuff that's paid for as well, like token metrics and all that stuff. If you want to go really deep, you know, if you if you if you want to go like super deep into like Bitcoin analysis too you can get like glass node and stuff and you can pay for a subscription on that um but yeah uh all right so bitcoin's at $37,588.24 centavos all right let me turn down this mic a little bit seems like we got a little bit of a hot mic situation happening here man so uh let me just get this control to where i can manipulate the controller um all right let's see here all right there there we go easy now just turn it down yeah just like that okay um all right so ethereum is two thousand five hundred and eighty nine dollars and fifty two cents down eleven point eight percent so bitcoin and ethereum are down eleven point eight percent over the past week uh or seven days uh, so not a working week a full week with the weekends included so that's the thing about the crypto market is it never shuts down. It runs on President's Day. Notice all the banks were shut down yesterday during President's Day um, and the stock market exchange. So, yeah, man, crypto is 24-7 and uh, that's a double-edged sword, but um, I certainly like it. That's uh, a constant source of entertainment, that's for sure. Uh, Tether is a dollar because it's a stable coin. Like I always say, take the stable coins out of these coin market um, listings because they're just noise. I do like stable coins for various purposes. Stable coins to me seem like a place to be able to jump in and out of the crypto market without having to cash out fully to your fiat dollars. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's I always describe stable coins as uh, kind of like Adult Swim. You know, whenever you're playing around and getting all crazy and degenerate and the in in all these different DeFi you know uh, platforms like uh, you know. 
potato swap and you know cherry swap and you know loser chick swap and you know all this other stuff and all these play to earn games and, and stuff that's out there and you're just getting pretty rowdy sometimes you tend to lose your sense of self uh sometimes you just need to take a break and you just cash out into stable coins and you sit over there during adult swim and you know, then the waters become a little stable and you get to take a break go get yourself some frito pie from the concession stand or whatever and uh, you know, kind of count count your winnings or count your losses in a lot of ways. You can get absolutely wrecked in a lot of these these uh, these crazy DeFi platforms that are out there and on layer two solutions and stuff like that. It is certainly fun trying out all this new tech, and that is the purpose of this show. And what I'm doing is I'm just trying out random stuff and then coming back to tell you about it. You know, <laughs> so. But, uh, you know, I also I, I spend a lot of time talking about the basics too, like the total basics, because I think uh, that's important um, to have to have somebody approachable that will talk to you about it and not sit there and use all these terms. And, you know, I was trying to listen to some Twitter space last night about somebody trying to just to um, describe their Web3 e-commerce platform, and they were not using any plain English whatsoever. You know, then finally someone came up and was like, oh, so it's like Amazon or eBay, but you plug your Web3 wallet to it. You know, I'm like, well, why didn't anybody say that in the first place? You know, like they spent 30 minutes describing, I don't know what the hell they were talking about. But uh, yeah. And then finally somebody came on and said, that. I was like, oh, OK, I get it. You know, use metaphors. Americans love metaphors. You know, we do. Yeah. You know? So, all right. So um, Binance. Coin is 36468 um down 9.6%. Uh USDC is a stable coin again. XRP 70 cents in sixth place. I I'm, I know it's not a race, you know, but it kind of is. So I, I say things like it's seventh place, sixth place, third yeah. So all right, uh, Cardano, 86 cents, down 18%. Solana, 84.91, down 12% in the seven past seven days. Uh, Terra down four. Everything's down in the past seven days. That's for sure. Uh, Polkadot is 11th place down 12.8%. Avalanche down 12.4% to 71.78. Um, Doge, the Doge down, it's uh, down 11.3% to 0.129. I haven't heard Elon Musk talking about the Doge lately. Um, but speaking of Elon Musk, here's a little meme that he posted, I guess, um, yesterday at five, five 22 PM. Uh, maybe that's Pacific time. Who knows? Um, but, uh, he did that whole meme where it shows the guy walking down the street and his girlfriend, he's looking at some other girl and the girl's getting jealous. You know, that classic meme. Um, well, of course, now the page wants to reload while, I, while I'm streaming. Uh, but anyway, uh, it shows him looking at pirated type of video streaming software and uh, the, the his girlfriend is Netflix, right? And so, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, God. Why is it? Uh, okay, so no, no, the the okay showed the two versions of that meme. All right, so let me get over here to Twitter. All right, so the first, the top version of that meme was the guy, the the boyfriend, looking at Netflix, the pretty girl, and then his girlfriend is the pirate bay. I mean, I'm assuming pirated, you know, videos, pirate software, and stuff like that. Um. And, uh, you know, she's all jealous because he's looking at Netflix and maybe that was pirated DVDs back in the day. I don't know. Um, and then now um, it shows below that 
the bottom one, um, him looking at pirated streaming software, and then you have his girlfriend as Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Paramount Plus, you know, all the top streaming platforms, um, which are becoming encumbered as well as the incumbents as they have become because it's just that cycle once something new become innovates like uber for instance and everything like that um they were trying to escape a previous system that was uh becoming encumbered with bureaucracy and regulations and all types of crap corruption and uh they were the innovators at one time. And so was Web 2.0. It was the innovator at one point. You know, Facebook was an innovator at one point, believe it or not. So was MySpace. Yeah, and and it all becomes encumbered by its own regulation, corruption, and just monstrosity that it needs to survive. And that is the nature of a corporation. It grows and grows and grows and grows until it just caves in on itself because it just becomes too big. Um, so Elon Musk caption in this thing says entertainment is becoming a user password, two factor authentication nightmare. Um, and uh, this, this uh, it's not really showing the whole meme here on YouTube for your audio listeners. I'm just trying to describe this to you. Um, so, yeah. So the top portion shows the boyfriend looking at Netflix and then, you know, pirated software is getting all jealous because he was previously ripping DVDs, all right? And then the bottom section shows him looking at pirated software, and then Netflix is now the one getting jealous as the current girlfriend. So he says, entertainment has become a user pa- username password 2FA nightmare, and that is absolutely true. Um, you know, I was talking to my my parents yesterday on the phone, uh, as I do, I call them during lunchtime or on my way home a lot of times, and uh, call your parents, everybody. Don't forget to call your parents. You know, that's uh, you're never too old to call your parents and talk to your parents. And, you know, one day they won't be around anymore and you'll wish you could call your parents. So you know, please seize the day. Take the opportunity to call your parents. Uh, anyway, um, enough of that. Uh, so she was my mom was trying to get into Crypto.com and um, uh she had, I'd already set her up with two-factor authentication and the Google Authenticator app that I had to install on her phone so she could get in there. And she likes to, to dollar cost average on Bitcoin, which is fine. But then Crypto.com was making you reset and redo your two-factor authentication on top of the two-factor authentication that was already set. And I don't know why they're doing this. But um, it's not just crypto.com. It's a lot of centralized exchanges. It's it's Netflix. It's you know Disney Plus. It's a lot of these these entertainment and crypto exchange platforms and everything like that. And they're causing chaos for older people and for people that might not be you know as savvy on the internet and all this stuff as as uh, most of my listeners probably are. You know, and it, it's. It's um, creating a barrier of entry. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, we want to make crypto for all. You know, we want to make it easy to use. And like, you don't even know blockchains happening in the background and all that stuff. Well, it's not just in crypto that all this is this. It's the whole idea of this KYC, this two-factor authentication, this two-factor authentication on top of two-factor authentication, and all these different, you know, having to switch back and forth between apps, having to remember codes to get in 
in your phone, then a code. To, you have to remember that authenticator app and you have to write it down quick enough between that 30 seconds that it's on the screen, you know, and it's just, it's a lot for a lot of people, you know, and I'm sitting there trying to explain this over the phone and I'm just like, oh my God, dude. I, okay. This is, it's not my mom's fault and it's not anybody else's fault who, who just don't spend a lot of time on the internet, you know, and a lot of people have like vocational jobs as well. You know, they're, they're out there, you know, doing framing on houses and stuff like that. They don't have a lot of time like uh, I do because uh, I sit behind a computer all day to mess around and learn with this, this type of stuff. So it's creating this, this, this division, you know, and I don't know what to do about it, but, um, I just thought Elon Musk's tweet was poignant and it wasn't poignant only for streaming software, but it was poignant for the situation that I found myself in yesterday, um, trying to explain how to add in a new two-factor account and the authenticator on top of the two-factor account that was already there and how to get the, the, uh, uh, the setup key off of crypto.com and, oh man. And then I saw this meme and I was like, dude, that's exactly exactly the problem right now um so you know what's going to happen is a lot of these platforms are going to end up falling on their face because of uh you know security and then that, that, that'll that'll make the case for for biometric digital id and they say well it's so easy you know and then they can track every single thing you do they can turn on and off whatever you have access to by a social credit score and that becomes the dystopian nightmare um and yeah we don't want that you know that, that type of centralization but this is what leads to it and so there's got to be some kind of alternative situation uh, uh, yeah thing and that i guess that would be a fully 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 decentralized digital id but you know whenever you that's the thing i love the whole concept of a completely decentralized digital id but you're skirting the line there on on um yeah you're playing with fire you know and fire dancers are beautiful and wonderful if they know how to do it right but you give fire to somebody who can't handle fire then it's it's very dangerous you know and that's the thing about this digital ID. It's a slippery slope into a dystopian nightmare. Um, it could provide the key to a lot of these solutions, to, to a lot of these issues that are going on with all this crazy, you know, two-factor authentication and stuff like that. But uh, at the same time, it could lead to a dystopian nightmare. So anyway, enough of that. Um, I had an agenda on my mind because yesterday I was talking about and it, my internet seems to be acting up on me and all this stuff as well now. Um, and uh, But whatever, I'm still going to proceed because that's what I do. Good, bad, or ugly, this show goes on. Um, every single day I try. Um, I got a little burnt out a, a couple weeks ago, but I haven't really been burnt out since I got back from Denver. I got a new fire in me. I'm ready to go again. Um, so... Um, I wanted to talk about uh, the Clipper Exchange. It came out of Shipyard Software, and I know I was talking about MyDAO, or MeDAO was how I thought that it was pronounced, but it's actually MyDAO, M-I-D-A-O.org, and that is a DAO uh, establishing uh, company that helps people incorporate DAOs in the Marshall Islands. And uh, 
Uh, I know I've been talking about that for the past couple of days, but that was one of the cooler ideas and projects that I saw come out of Dow Denver in the presentation. And I just thought it was cool because it, it taught me a whole lot about how LLCs are in in in. in, in uh, corporations are founded and then the differences in, in the provinces and the, the countries and the states that these incorporations and LLCs are founded in and why it makes a difference and all this stuff with tax purposes and regulations and and then how DAOs are formed and how they are are or are not recognized by legal entities as legal personhood and stuff. It's just a whole rabbit hole of stuff that you can go down. And that's one, one thing that I really love about crypto is just it's this always it's just like guaranteed freaking rabbit hole every single day that you go down on one or another topic. I mean, it doesn't matter. You could go down on some crazy Merkle tree rabbit hole or ZK snarks, or you could go down the business rabbit hole or some kind of governance rabbit hole or a philosophy rabbit hole. It all, you know, leads back. It all has crypto as its source, man. And so, or game theory or programming rabbit hole. You could, you know, I don't know, but, um, Anyway, there are many directions you can go. And so I kind of went down the direction of the whole um, you know, company founding, Dow founding, LLC founding rabbit hole. And I found um, that uh, Shipyard Software is a, a software company that ships software. And uh, they are the first Dow because they're a Dow based project. Um, to come out of um, the Marshall Islands with the help of my Dow. And uh, Shipyard Software happens to have a DEX as one of their first and main products now. And they also have a podcast. And um, yeah, so um, so let's take a look. I'll see if this will come up. If for some reason it wasn't coming up, this th their DEX, even though I had it up on my screen last night and then now this morning, it doesn't want to come up. So I don't know, man. Um, it, things have just been kind of wonky this morning, and that's how it goes sometimes. But uh, anyway, so, yeah, it's not pulling up. It's pulling up on my phone just fine. Um, but um, uh, I, I have the docs here that I can at least look at. So I don't know what the deal is. Maybe I need to clear my cookies, but I don't feel like doing that right now. Um, so what... It's basically just kind of looks like Uniswap. You know, it looks like any other decentralized exchange. If you want to see what Uniswap looks like, um, I had Uniswap pulled up. Um, eh, eh, yeah, here it is. Unis Uniswap. So this is the Uniswap protocol. Um, oh, let me get this screen all corrected for you. Um, so this is Uniswap. Always check the, the top address bar. Make sure it says Uniswap.org. Um, but Uniswap is an example of an automated market maker. And um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about what automated market makers are today, what some of the components of them are, what makes them that, how, and then the difference between automated market makers and order books. Um, because I think that's a really important concept for people to understand because automated market makers really kind of, I think, brought Ethereum to kind of an ex a real use case for a lot of people back in 2000 when DeFi happened and stuff like that. Um, so uh, that's for me anyway, when I kind of began to understand what Ethereum was and what smart contracts really were. Hold on while I eat banana and I got this cayenne cleanse kombucha tea. It's, it's good. It's got a kick to it. Put some hair on your chest. Yeah. 
I've got some hair on my chest, you know, it's not too much, you know, I'm not like a rug, but yeah, I got some hair on my chest. Yeah, man. Um, all right. So I'll launch this app and, uh, um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, you don't want to hear about the hair on my chest. You know, I don't wear a gold medallion with a huge rug. So that, that, that's not something that I'm into. Um, anyway, so, all right. So let's see here how Clipper works. All right. So let's just go to this while Uniswap is loading. All right. So, Clipper was designed to give traders the best prices, including including fees, slippage, and gas for their small trades under $10,000 on the periods they trade most. So an automated market maker is a piece of code. That's all it is. It's an it's a, a protocol that's not owned by anybody, supposedly, and uh, um, that's put up on the internet as a website, and people can go in and out of that protocol, and the, and the, the code does all the work, and then you know people in a DAO or whatever uh, vote on governance on the protocol and what changes can or can't be made to the protocol and things like that. Uh, but that's kind of the basis of an AMM. And an automated market maker is just that. It is an automatic market maker in which people can basically crowdfund and provide the liquidity to the pool. Now, if you don't know what liquidity is, liquidity is money that is readily available to be used all right and these believe it or not when i first started out getting into crypto i have zero financial education folks and and um when people when i first started getting into crypto i didn't know what liquidity was i didn't know what lp was you know i didn't know what automated market maker was i did not know what order books are i did not know what any of that stuff is i did not know what shorting or longs or futures or any of that stuff is and i've had to teach myself all that you know because don't don't take it for granted that you know what this stuff is and if you were taught this stuff in school or college and more power to you man because i wasn't you know i, I majored in spanish in undergrad and then i went to seminary and learned theology so i'm good on the philosophy and theology side that's for sure and i know how to research things and write a paper uh, so i'm really good at, at, at grammar you know uh, but uh but yeah as far as 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 um a lot of this financial and mathematical concepts that's all new to me and I'm, it's not that i don't understand them i do i'm but I'm, I'm just learning them you know for the first time i'm seeing them for the first time all right so um okay so let's go to order books versus amm um i found this this blog uh I don't, I don't this was written in like november 2020 so it's a little old but anyway here's a little description about the differences between decentralized exchanges which are automated market makers and then centralized exchanges and i try to explain this to my parents as well all the time um, I, if you are in canada get your freaking bitcoin off of these centralized exchanges. That's all I'm saying. Right now, with all this crackdown and, and this freaking Nazism that's going on over there uh, by the government, and uh, yeah, you need you need to get your your. I, I wouldn't. I don't know if making a bank run helps or not, but at least get your Bitcoin off of those centralized exchanges. They are trying to crack crack down and you know cut all funding to those protesters, which I think is completely screwed up, man. You know, people should have the right to protest and, uh, you know, all, all they want to do is just, you know, push back on those protesters and be like, no, 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 no. And they're not even like going to the negotiating table and trying to listen to what the people have to say. Uh, that is absolutely screwed up. But anyway, um, I digress. So 
Um, yeah, they need to get their their money off of Bitcoin. Obviously, GoFundMe it was taking their their, their donations and giving them to to who they want to give to instead of who the the customer wants to give them to. Yeah, messed up. Uh, I could go down a rabbit hole with that too, and I'm not going to today because I want to talk about this anyway. So decentralized exchanges solved the middleman issue and helped traders swap cryptocurrencies quickly and with minimal fees. However, problems like liquidity persisted. And like I said, liquidity is the available money to be able to use. Um, like liquid, liquidation sale. That's all I knew about when I was a kid and I would drive by closed down furniture stores. Liquidation sale, everything must go. And this gave birth to a DEX called automated market making. Um, exchanges employing AMMs, which is automated market makers, claim this model solved the problem Problem with a lack of liquidity. Uh, this model is definitely different from everything we've seen so far, but it is, is it really better than the traditional order book model? So the order book model is whenever an exchange um, has their order books and they have an order come in saying, you know, I would like to buy a XYZ token for $50, you know, and uh, they, they match them up with the buyer, you know, uh, so they say, well, you know, Joe over there's got XYZ token. Um, so anyway, uh, decentralized exchanges are still young and many platforms struggle with liquidity. Um, this is right about the time, not too long after, um, you know, it's in the same year that Uniswap came out that this was written. Simply put, some crypto pairs are more difficult to exchange than others and automated, automated market makers aims to solve that. So yeah, you could come up with your XYZ token and you, know, you could be like, it's the best crypto in the world. You know, I got 10 million of it. 10 billion of it and i want to put you know i want to put usdc matched up with the equivalent amount of xyz token up on uniswap and then you provide 50 percent of each side of that and then each time a trade is made because you provided liquidity into that pool you get a percentage of that trade so that's pretty cool right yeah yeah however there are some caveats anyway so let's go down so Binance's introduction to automated market maker uses a great metaphor to describe AMM, a robot that is always ready to quote you a price when you want to trade two assets. Uh, let's go over here to Binance's page, uh, Binance Academy. Um, I don't use Binance Exchange because I can't because I'm in Texas. Um, so I've, I've tried, I, I mean, I've used Binance Smart Chain and PancakeSwap with a VPN. Eh, shh, don't tell anybody. But um, um I've tried to sign up for Binance and I can't I can't use Binance US because Texas won't even let you use Binance US. But anyway, they have good information sources. So what is an automatic market maker? You could think of an automatic market maker as a robot that's always willing to quote you a price between two assets. Some use a simple formula like Uniswap, Curve, Balancer, and others use more complicated ones. And I still have the yet to get my head wrapped around Curve. Uh, so not only can you trade trustlessly using an AMM, but you can also become the house by providing liquidity to a liquidity pool. Um, this allows essentially anyone to become a market maker on an exchange and earn fees by for providing liquidity. So yeah, you know you can trade and uh, you know you can trade trustlessly without having to you know worry about giving up all your uh, private information. You don't have to do KYC, which is know your customer and uh, um, you don't have to do the whole, you know, show your driver's license next to a utility bill, you know, and then they with your face and being like, hi, this is the date, February 22nd, 2022. And then, you know, then send it in, then do the waiting period. And then they finally get, yeah, 
and then give up all your life and your soul for it. Um, so you can trustlessly use the AMM, but you can also become the house. And so, like I said, you can provide them, um, you know, say for instance, you want to provide liquidity for Ethereum and, and the uh, USDC stable coin, right? Uh, unless you're a freaking whale, you're probably not going to make much off of that liquidity pool. Um, so yeah, but anyway, uh, AMMs have really carved out their niche in DeFi space um, due to how simple and easy they are to use. Decentralizing market making this way is intrinsic to the vision of crypto. So let's go take a quick look. This is Uniswap right here. And, uh, and okay, so everything's in focus. Um, and so you have these little tabs here, swap, pool, governance, voting, and then various charts. And so right here you can swap Ethereum and uh, there's a little drop down box and it lets you choose tokens, um, uh, manage token lists. And it gives you all these token lists to choose from. Oh, I haven't connected my wallet. That's why. Uh, but anyway, whatever. Yeah. Um, so and then here you can choose the pool token. And then you, you connect your wallet and you can create a new pool. If one that you see is, uh, the, you know, you, you have your XYZ token and you, you don't see that pool there. You know, you, so you want to do an XYZ USDC pool. Um, yeah, you can provide that or you can contribute to an already existing pool. Um, so I probably should connect my wallet and uh, just be able to show you this. But that, yeah, I mean, that's that's the basis of it. I'm spending too much time on, on this part of it. Um, so yeah, that's that's basically what an automated market maker is. Um, a centralized exchange here, um, here's Kraken, for instance. And um, uh, let's go here, let's go to prices. And uh, yeah, it's just a centralized exchange. It shows you the order books. It shows you from uh, lowest price, I believe, or you can arrange them different ways down to highest price or highest price to lowest price um, of what's available for trade. So say for instance, you wanna trade you know, Ethereum with USDC, it'll show the pairs that are trading and what prices they're trading at, and you can jump on a specific trade if you want, um, but it shows what's available and what the, with the uh, supply and demand are of people wanting to buy and wanting to sell, and then they help to match you to that. So that is the difference between an automated market maker and a centralized exchange. One centralized exchange, you have to give up all your freaking info and do KYC, and then they match you with buyers and sellers, and there's pros and cons to both. Um, okay, so um, uh, AMM uses a mathematical formula that takes into account the current liquidity of trading pair and gives an instant quote to traders. In other words, instead of referring to an order book to get a price, you'll get it as a result of an algorithm. So math, right? Um, so the primary advantage of automated market makers is, is there will always be liquidity for otherwise illiquid markets, at least while there are enough people to invest in a liquidity pool. AMM looks ideal for fragmented liquidity markets. Like I said, that weird XYZ token that your friend started up and you want to help support and you're part of that DAO and you want to take that to Uniswap, you can create that liquidity pool for that and uh, get that token out there and you know pitch the token and try to sell on how amazing it is and that the utility of the token will be amazing if you would just take that token to 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 the platform and use it you know for whatever program or software or idea that they have going on over there all right so um and that provides value to the token so uh, yeah so that's a fragmented market because there might not be a lot of liquidity for that xyz token um but 
you know, something just like Ethereum and USDC, yeah, it's a little harder to, to get, you know. Anyway, so it, Automated Market Maker offers better user experiences as traders will always get a price without getting too much into the whys and hows. True. Yeah, because if, if you're a newbie going into a centralized exchange and trying to use the order books and stuff like that, it can be pretty intimidating with all the graphs and the bars and, you know, all the, the lists of all these different prices. And you don't know what the, and the pairs and you're just, you're just like, what the hell, dude? Uh, so anyway, um, so the, yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, take a look at Uniswap. Oh, here, swap. Look at, look at how easy that is. Bam, bam. You know, you want this and you, you, you select that token. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's freaking easy. All right, so however, um, so however, liquidity pools aren't that big and automated market makers DEXs at the moment. That was in November 22, 2020, I mean. Um, so things have changed, you know, there are more options. There are a lot more DEXs out there and DEX decentralized exchanges. There are a lot of decentralized exchanges out there now. And there's a lot of um, specialized decentralized exchanges, which is why I started on the clipper.exchange, which I'll, I will get to. Um, how long have I been going? Okay. So, um, yeah. Oh my God, I'm already over time. All right. So anyway, so it goes into slippage to, to describe how much the order size affects the ultimate price at the, which the token was bought and sold. Okay. So the, the cool thing about clipper is, um, um, clipper is, so Uniswap is, it, a lot of whales can trade on Uniswap, even though a lot of whales probably don't. But uh, Clipper was designed to give traders the best prices anywhere, including fees, slippage, and gas for their small trades under ten thousand dollars on the pairs they trade the most. I don't trade anything over ten thousand bucks, man. I'm just a plebe. So uh, for those new to AMM design, fees are typically charged on every trade. So if you're the one that created the liquidity pool or contributing to liquidity pool, you will benefit from those fees. And if it's you know, uh, a, a weird token or something like that, you can get a lot, potentially a lot of fees, but then you have to deal with impermanent loss. And that's a whole other rabbit hole I don't have time for. Uh, so, um, and uh, fees are typically charged on every trade. They're measured in BPS, basis point. One basis point is 1% of 1%, AKA 0.01%, and primarily go to cover the cost of capital from liquidity providers. Um, slippage is the amount by which the price worsens as the trade size increases. So finally, and then there's gas, the computational co costs charged by the blockchain. So slippage, um, let's see here, where slippage is a term used to describe how much the order size affects the ultimate price at which a token was bought or sold. That means slippage will be low with small orders, but with large orders, slippage rises exponentially. For example, if an order takes up half of that liquidity pool, like you're buying half of that damn supply, uh, colossal slippage would double the token price. Um, such massive slippage would never be acceptable in order book exchanges. So the whales don't want to deal with slippage. You know, um, little guys like you and me, we don't have to worry about too much about slippage. We're more concerned about the fees, right? So. The core insight behind Clipper's design is that counterintuitively, more liquidity can be bad for the retail traders like you and me. In general, most automated market makers want as much liquidity as possible because it means less slippage. But after a certain point, more liquidity doesn't have any material benefit for small trades. It only continues to reduce slippage on large trades. Put another way, the slippage on a $1,000 trade is virtually the same with a $100 million pool and a billion dollar pool. Um, even worse, more liquidity can be counterproductive. That's because more liquidity in an automated market maker 
Um, the more auto the automated market maker needs to charge traders in fees to attract such large amounts of liquidity. So they got to raise their fees to, to get a lot of liquidity to accommodate these freaking whales, right? Um, this ends up better for larger traders, but will make worse prices for smaller traders. Consequently, on most automated market makers, retail traders are subsidizing whales through the fees. You know, so the, the, you know, they got to raise the fees in order to accommodate the large liquidity. And uh, yeah, and it sucks for the smaller traders. So to counter the harmful effects of liquidity over provisioning on retail traders, Clipper has a smaller cap liquidity pool and lower fees. Um, a smaller pool means there's more slippage on Clipper, but the decrease in fees more than offsets the increased slippage for small trades. On the other hand, on large trades, the slippage outweighs the decrease in fees. That makes Clipper a terrible place to make large trades, but that's okay. Clipper is for the self-made trader and let the whales and hedge funds go elsewhere. Seriously, man. Um, so yeah, so, um, and then it goes into all the details of it, but I wanted to read that paragraph about slippage fees and gas, you know, um, it's, it's, it's really important. Clipper, op Clipper uh, about gas, Clipper optimizes gas by using a novel closed form invariant that is a simple equation and this computationally inexpensive to calculate. Um, through dedicated optimization, trading with Clipper should take about 100K on gas on par with the CPMM. Um, I'm not sure what CPMM is. Clip, Clip Is that Clipper Proactive Market Maker? Uh, I'll just learn PMM, what that was, Proactive Market Maker, um, this morning. So <laughs> I, I, I learn all this stuff as I go along. Yeah, and then it is an entire paragraph about impermanent loss. And just real quickly, um, impermanent loss is what happens whenever you're providing liquidity. You know, fifty percent Ethereum and fifty percent, uh, 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 let's say Chainlink, right? And then let's say like Chainlink completely tanks in price. Well, one part, the other half of that pool has to compensate for that loss, and so it creates it is, is so yeah, it you makes you lose a lot of one one or the other token and that's impermanent loss and it's only impermanent because um if you don't pull out of the pool and you hold then you'll you can probably be all right when the market corrects itself but if you do then that becomes a permanent loss and you can lose your ass on it for sure um so anyway yeah here's the here's the actual proper definition and automated market makers liquidity providers contribute to capital in exchange for a prorated share of trading fees this generates positive yield, right? So you get the, the fees whenever you provide liquidity. However, liquidity pools also suffer from permanent loss, which happens when the price of their tokens change compared to when they were deposited in the pool. This generates negative yield. And this isn't just a problem for liquidity pools. It also matters to traders because the more liquidity pools lose to impermanent loss, the higher the fees the traders will need to pay to offset those losses and attract sufficient liquidity to the pool. <laughs> this is an important that Clipper's design also minimizes impermanent permanent loss. And so they accomplish this by considering external market prices through an Oracle like Chainlink. In addition, I wonder if they use Chainlink or Band. Anyway, in addition to the ratio of assets in the pool, that means that when the markets move, Clipper updates its prices without needing arbitrage, arbitrage flow to equilibrate the pool size. Um, and that's where the PMM part, the proactive market maker. So it's kind of this little hybrid between automated market maker and, um, and, uh, 
order book, I guess, because it uses some external circumstances and information in order to affect the automated, automated market maker. So I guess that's where the PMM comes into place. And there's this entire white paper. Uh, where'd you go? Yeah, market making white paper off of Shipyard Software. And I'll link all this in the description. And, uh, you know, they go in into a lot of these formulas and stuff. And so the new invariance for automated market making by Abraham Otham, um, the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania. And, uh, yeah, it goes into a lot of the theory behind a lot of these market makers. Um, I did not read through all the formulas, but I generally try to read the abstracts of a lot of this really technical stuff and the conclusions uh, to kind of get the general idea. And, um, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. So, what is a formula market maker? Um, yeah. So, and here's where they talk more about you know, the difference between automated market makers and the the proactive market makers, the PMMs. Um, so, I will link this as well. An AMM, not a PMM. So, anyway, the yield earned by Clipper LPs on Polygon. So, yeah, Clipper is on Polygon as well. Um, so, yeah. If I I don't know why this website is not working for me this morning. It was just working just fine, and it's working on my phone. It looks like Uniswap, but that you know that's the gist of it. Anyway, I gotta go. I gotta make that trek to work. I already went longer than I than I thought I was going to. Um, so, uh, yeah, dude. Um, I gotta make the grind. I will be phasing out of that job. I don't know, man. I'm hoping by summertime. Um, I, it's, it's just hard. It's addictive to, to, you know, to kind of give up that steady paycheck. And especially when you have a family and kids and everything like that, you know, you, you don't want to just follow your passion. Oh, I'm just following my passion. Yeah. It's just so amazing. Yeah, no, I can't do that, man. I got bills to pay. You know? So, um, yeah, I, I'm a plebe dude. So, <laughs> but, um, I do want to make sure I follow my passion and what I really want to do in life. You know, we only have this one life to live, you know, so make, make sure you, you spend your time wisely, you know? Um, yes. Consider others, but be selfish, you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, spend time with your family. Um, but don't give up yourself as well. You know, and, and, yeah, and a lot of times don't work so hard that you don't spend time with your family, you know, or, or follow your own passion. I don't know. I don't want to sit here and preach, you know. It's not what I do. Um, all right. That being said, I will. I got to get on out of here. Uh, I got to make that trek. So, all right. I will talk to you guys later. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically, if you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1, that's E-U-R-E-K-A, John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. If you would like to donate some stablecoin or Ethereum, please feel free to send it to eurekajohn.crypto or eurekajohn.eth. This will help with the gas costs for all these protocols that I mess around with. Because that gas adds up and I ain't rich. Yet. Thanks again.